0: Hi, everyone. This is Charmaine. Welcome back to another fabulous episode of Gray Matters. We're so glad to have you with us. So today we're going to continue our media talk series. And today we're going to be analyzing and discussing some of our We're going to call them favorite, maybe not favorite, popular TV shows and some of the problematic elements that go along with it. So stay tuned for this episode and we'll kind of break down a little bit more of what that means. But um, this is a continuation, like I said, of our very popular media talk series. So we think that you will enjoy it.
1: Yes. Hello, everyone. Thanks, Charmaine, for that great intro. Like Charmaine said, this is an episode all about us I don't even know. Talking about TV shows that we watch, we kind of don't watch, but we can't not watch them. Y'all know what it is with Gray Matters, the blog. We analyze, like we are researchers and analysts and we analyze different aspects of society. And from our media talk series, we have analyzed different shows, including Bridgerton, um, including um, with Chilling Adventures of Sabrina. And it's kind of an interesting what's the word is it juxtaposition or dichotomy one of those words of watching a show right for enjoyment and liking the show but at the same time at the back of your head you're like wait something something's not not quite right here but you still watch it um and we can connect this to I think we introduced the idea of a feminist killjoy in season one right Charmaine Mm -hmm. and yeah the episode about feminist, feminism, womanism, and we, um, have it linked on our resources page, um, from Sarah Amid, um, Ahmad, or Amid, did I say that right? I Ahmad? think it's, I think she pronounces it Ahmed. Ahmed, okay, mm-hmm. um, well, that's linked on our resources page if you want to read more about a feminist killjoy and what that means, but part of kind of feminist research methods or feminist, lens that you view the society in is to is to critique society and critique media which is something we discuss a lot about on this um, podcast we have many different media I won't go all, in, all into all the episodes but we have many different media episodes um, but for this episode we're going to talk about some shows and this is going to be there's going to be some touchy conversations um Charmaine and I had this idea from this episode because we talked about friends we both enjoy friends Charmaine watched the reunion I have not watched the reunion yet don't spoil it for me anybody um, Mm -hmm. listening I have not watched it I will bring myself to watch it eventually Um, but friends is a very interesting show I remember when I first kind of got introduced to friends like I I love the show and then I binged it when it came out on Netflix I was like I need to see every episode and then I binged it again and then I remember I was talking to someone about the show and they were like you know that show is like basically um like a stolen idea from another show and I was like what what are you talking about what don't ruin my show for me but they introduced me to living single Mm -hmm. and they were like have you not heard of living single and The funny thing is my mom watched Living Single like back in the day, she loved that show. Um, She loved, she loved that show. She got a hair from that show, but let me not get into it uh, from a certain character of the show. But then when I watched Living Single, it's like, I can't watch Friends in the same way. I don't know how to describe it. Now I'm not, this is not canceling everyone. I'm not canceling Friends. We have a whole episode about responsibility culture no accountability culture which Mm -hmm. is what we titled it please feel free to go back and listen to it but I think that it says something um just in the greater context of social justice to be able to have I I guess an open lens to everything that we consume and to connect what we consume to this larger picture of like systemic oppression right for those who don't know, Living Single is a um, was a show um, about the Black community. All of the leading actors were um, Black men and women. And it was a show about being Black living in New York, right? And we all know that Friends actually came after Living Single because the network wanted to take the idea and introduce it to what they called a broader audience in which we know... Was a different word for white audience because they knew that white audiences would bring in more money
0: for the show, which is a whole problematic issue on its own.
1: I'm like, why can't they just why is watch? that the
0: standard? Why is that the standard?
1: <laughs> I'm like, and so if you actually look at friends, right? If you look at friends and then you look at living single, you see the characters, right? You see the characters. Um, basically they're the same characters. You have Regine, which is basically Rachel. You have this kind of um this very, she's they're both in fashion. They both they like like fashion. They both have this very like, I don't know another word except to describe it like bougie type of atmosphere to them, right? And then you have Monica, who is like the heart hard. I feel like this is becoming like a comparison episode, but just to give y'all framework. We have Monica, which is the um, kind of direct character correlation to Khadijah, which is the hardworking friend, you know, the friend who's kind of like the mothering figure, the responsible figure. And then you have, um, oh crap, why am I forgetting her name? Okay, let me look it up real quick. Then you have Phoebe, who's kind of like the you know of my mind too the the hippie character um Sinclair okay so you have Sinclair mm-hmm. on Living Single who is the hippie character to Phoebe and I don't know it's just very interesting even the guy characters kind of go with Ross and um what's what's their name Ross Joey and Chandler there's three guys three girls like I don't know y'all put it together y'all put it together it sounds like a how will they know they're gonna know type of scenario if you're a -er, Mm tiktoker you know that (laughs) when you like dig deep and do like the research and find out about it but i highly recommend if you haven't seen live and single go watch it it's on hulu it's on this thing called philo i've never heard of philo it's on apple tv it's on voodoo it's on all of these different streaming websites so go watch it it's a really good show
0: Living single is great, but yeah, I, I think it's interesting that you bring up the archetypes because it's, it, it does, it really has like those archetypes of like six friends living in the big city and trying to make it. And I think that it's, it, it, as, as we're having this conversation, I'm thinking a lot about our media literacy episode from season one, where we had the amazing uh, UNT professor, Dr. Tracy Eberbach on with us. And like, we really delve into media literacy. And once you have this kind of framework, a media literacy um, this, the feminist lens and a little bit of pedagogy, I think it's, it's really, uh, difficult not to have a critical lens when you're watching these shows. And I think that's where this idea of like the feminist killjoy comes in because like, and I, and I hear this across the board, you know, obviously, often it's like the friend is also called like the buzzkill where it's like, it's, um, Almost like ignoring everything to not have um, that critical lens while you're viewing anything popular culture, and so I think for us that's what really uh, kind of like motivated us to have these create the media talk series and have these series on these works that we like to watch. We like to consume media. We are people. We are not above that. I think that's something that happens a lot in academia. Like Ricky and I would Mm -hmm. notice we would talk about popular culture things, and it was like very highbrow and like push up my push up your glasses, like stereotype, or it's like, oh, what do you mean? Like we don't watch popular culture. We don't consume popular media and mm-hmm. we're not above that. And it's kind of annoying when people act like that. And so we were like, okay, well, we're not going to pretend like we're above that. We do partake in popular culture. Both of our, A lot of our research for both of us focuses on culture studies. And so how can we take that and analyze it? Um, And that's kind of where the Media Talk series evolved from. But that's where I really felt like we wanted to talk about this because these popular shows exist and they're going to continue to exist. And we need to be able to talk about them. And like a show like Friends, I think is so important because I was very, very young when Friends first started. So I didn't really watch it when I was younger, but as I got a little bit older, I started watching it. And I was like really consumed by it because the messaging that I was getting was like, in order for you to be successful, you have to be a, a wealthy white person who lives in New York. Mm-hmm. And as a middle class brown child living not in New York, that I was like, how do I do that? How do I be there? Like, I want to be there. I want to be successful. And it's it's like, like what you're saying, Ricky, about the messaging of like a broader audience has always it it just hits such a nerve with me because first of all, it's just factually incorrect. A broader slash like white audience does not necessarily mean, or let let me put it this way. An audience that's not white does not equate broader or not broad, does not equate a niche audience. And a non-white audience does not equate less money. Those things Mm -hmm. have just been fed to us. They're factually incorrect. They have been fed to us by predominantly white institutions. And the people that are in positions of power in these institutions are white themselves. They were predominantly heterosexual white males. So as we know, um, that's where a lot of this thinking comes from. And it's extremely problematic. And we see that reflected further in the messaging that's in these shows and the casting of these shows and the messaging that's in these shows. After Friends, we had like Sex in the City. We have a lot of, I mean, there was like in the 90s, there's studies about like how there were so many like shows especially like in the late 90s like it's like mid to late 90s to like early 2000s there were so many shows about like young wealthy white New Yorkerites and like New Yorkers and like what that what that mean meant for the collective culture and while I like consumed most of those shows I ate it up but I definitely It's not that I ate them up not noticing that I was not represented in those shows, that people that look like me, that my friends who looks like me and did not look like me were not in those shows, that we were not represented. That was not lost on me. And that was not lost on most of us who watch those shows. But on the same hand, I think it is really important to analyze shows like Friends because they were very much a reflection of New York City. They're very much a reflection of the New York City that they lived in. I think people that don't live in New York or don't have access to big cities think of it as these big like melting pots because that's kind of how they're advertised. But like many other places in the United States, across the world, they're very segregated. They're very cliched and very like kind of like you have your little area that you live in. And if you are a wealthy person that lives in Upper West Side, New York, that's going to be your group of people that you're friends with. And that's... I think an important element to show. Like, I don't think that was inaccurate. Yes, it was problematic that they had like zero other people of color, unless they were Ross's girlfriends on the show. Like, that was pretty messed up. Um, <clears throat> but I, I think it is important to acknowledge that friends reflected the time and space that the show was created in. And I also think that's something that we can learn from. Um, and I'm, and I also, I mean, I do have to just go back to like, I think it's extremely problematic and horrible that they basically ripped off of like living single and that living single doesn't get the accolades that it does. Cause I do remember, I also remember living single being on again when I was very, very young and watching reruns of that when I got a little bit older. And, um, it's, it's an amazing show. I think it, it outdoes friends in many ways. And, um, it's, it's, I also, I will say though, at the time I like vaguely remember there were conversations happening about like people knew at the time. It's not like something that people are just reflecting on now. People Mm -hmm. knew at the time that like, they were like, okay, here's white people doing something that black people have already done. But, um, it it's sad that, um, it's really sad that They just so openly ripped off of it and living single doesn't get the accolades and the praise that friends does, or even like the worldwide appeal. Let's just give it that. I think that was a big thing too. Um, Okay. I'll end my friends rant on this, that it was a big thing too, during the um, reunion that they talked about how friends was so, it was so like uh, had such an impact on people around the world. And they like talked to people from different continents and how friends affected them. And I think that's very important to talk about. We can't ignore that. But at the same time, that was done by design. It was intentional. Like Mm -hmm. the white, the culture, American culture that's exported is whiteness. That is what is exported. That is what is shown. It is intentional. So Mm -hmm. when other people and other nations see American culture, they inherently associate it with white Americana because that is what it's done intentionally, it's done by design. And that in of itself, I think is like, I mean, that right there is, is the work of white supremacy. And that's when I think it becomes, it, it goes from being just, oh, like, okay, this is just culture and whiteness sells to like, okay, this is now, it's becoming, it's an issue by design now.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Wow. I have so many thoughts. I feel like this whole episode could be about friends because I don't know if y'all heard me chuckling in the background when you mentioned that all the only time you saw a person of color was when ross was dating them and i have so many issues with ross but let me not get into that um yeah i just think it's interesting how um i remember the episode was it was it gabrielle union yes he was dating gabrielle union and i was like oh finally someone that looks like me in new york and i was like wait man where'd she go and then they just replaced her here's another thing even when, when you be having like you know, Black representation, the vulnerability of that representation to where people behind the scenes don't think about, oh, we're just going to replace them with another Black person. Mm-hmm. Like, they replaced her with a different Black actor like we weren't going to notice. And I was like, I noticed. Like, wh- who is this new, right? Right? It's, it's very, was that to that? Was that Friends? Yeah, it was Friends. So Ross dated two Black women two different Black women. And I don't remember if Gabrielle Union's character was separate, like a separate Black woman, because he also dated an archaeologist. They went to an archaeology convention and that was a separate Black woman. But I don't remember if they were the same Black woman character. If it was, you know what I'm saying? I don't remember if it was the same character and they just replaced her with a different one or if he dated two separate Black women.
0: Mm. I don't remember, but I mean, it's like that it was so reflective of the colorblindness of the time. Like the nineties were rife,
1: Oh my rife
0: gosh. with colorblindness. Oh and that's what gosh. we saw. We saw that with like, I think was her name, like Julie Chen, like very in the beginning of this season where like Ross was dating the Asian girl. Yes. And then like, you know, Rachel was really jealous because Rachel wanted to date him and like whatever, whatever, but it was like colorblind. Mm-hmm. Like the way that they approached it was so colorblind and yes. that in of itself is problematic. So and we problematic. saw that a lot in nineties. 90- in 2000 shows I mean, we still continue to see that but I think some shows are doing it a little bit like differently now because they're learning but yeah that was like a big issue where yeah
1: like, yeah
0: the, yeah the vulnerability of it absolutely
1: yeah I mean we can talk about Fresh Prince the light skin and dark skin and Viv and that whole like
0: Viv, yes
1: listen if you haven't seen the Prince Fresh Prince of Bel-Air reunion highly recommend watching it because it goes into um, a deep conversation about about um what's her name the the first anvib. i call her the first anvib. and how as a black woman working in um working in media and working in this business no one recognized her humanity no one recognized her for who she was and now she was other like this woman's career was totally destroyed from this one one moment and then like you said the like who was in charge? Like you can't just take, take like the first ambit and replace her, especially with someone who is light-skinned because, you know, we have colorism, we have respectability politics, we have all of these underlying messages where it's like, oh, we're just gonna throw in this person to replace them. And it's like you said, it's colorblindness um, and also connecting to this larger like conversation about representations of the United States being being whiteness when you think of a global scale I mean I'm thinking of Gossip Girl like this mm-hmm. show I watch first of all all these shows my little self would recognize certain things I'd be like how are they paying for this right I was like Joey you're a struggling actor how are you paying for this apartment like do you have money like is your family supporting you when Rachel lost her job I was like wow you must be really privileged to be able to just like run away from your rich husband run away from your rich parent cut up all your credit cards to be like independent and then you still manage to be working for what what she worked Ralph Lauren Louis Vuitton I'm like what in the privilege is that like what is happening right now I don't understand even Monica I was like okay you're a chef I was like how y'all affording this apartment because at one point neither of them had a job but then it was like her grandmother's apartment I was like this this show i got so many questions but i still Mm -hmm. watched it and it's the same with shows like gossip girl i'm like and i'm interested to hear from viewers from people who are watching who's watching the new reboot because i am watching it i don't have time stop rebooting our show anyways let me let me let that go just leave our leave leave our stuff alone like (laughs) y'all messing stuff up um but how in the new gossip girl the main character is black now and so i'm i'm interested to know how her identity plays in conversation with gossip girl because gossip girl just like friends is a very white show it was super white it was extra extra white like the tiktok white caucasian anyways like i'm interested to see how this reboot takes place like especially I'm interested to know who's in, who's behind the scenes too, because it matters who's behind the scenes. Cause you can't just throw people of color. Like you said, Ross dating an Asian, uh, Asian um, girlfriend, but no one, like th- there was no reference to her culture. There was no reference to like who she was in her identity. It's very white whitewashed and very like colorblindness because I think it matters of who is behind the scenes too who's the writers who's who's orchestrating this thing calling it thing but this project going on because whoever's behind the scenes if they do if they don't do their research and they don't have I mean we talked about this before with Harry Potter and Cho Chang right like the the, the name in itself doesn't you know are Pravati and and Padma like who made that outfit mm-hmm. anyways let's not get into it <laughs> again but like whoever is creating the project or create or whoever's the creator matters too um which will which will go into a whole different rant that I could have about like the vulnerability of black creators right I think of Bill Cosby right Bill Cosby okay I know Bill Cosby is a very problematic topic right now but listen to me just hang up tight and listen to me Bill Cosby shows because he was a black creator and there was a lot of um, black support in the shows. Of course, there was issues with respectability, respectability, colorism, and things like that. But when you think of shows like A Different World, if you haven't seen A Different World, highly recommend it. And the HBCU experience and being black in academia. A lot of the conversations that we're having today took place in those shows back then, right? Um, I think of the Cosby Show, and just a lot of the conversations that we're still having today about systemic racism and and police brutality and oppression took place in those shows. And the reason why they took place in the shows is because the people behind the scenes had an identity similar to the characters that were in the show. And I I think that at some point we have to separate the creators from their work. I know Bill Cosby is very problematic and I could go on and on talking about the um what's the word the complexities of the bill cosby situation but bill cosby once again did a um how can i say this i mean bill cosby bill cosby's work did a lot for the black community when it comes to media and tv shows and black representation um and black representation and like family structures and seeing the black family as not as not like this problematic stereotype and seeing black students as not like this problematic stereotype that you see a lot in, I guess, white led shows and like white led productions. I don't know if any of that makes sense, but yeah, I think that because of the vulnerability of shows about the black community and people of color, Especially back during this time period, there were so little like opportunities. We can't fully erase the work that was done back then. Um, I say this to say, watch a different world. If you have a problem with Bill Cosby, I understand that. But watch this show because it's still a good show and it still did it still did. A lot of the injustices that the black community faced during this time it shed light to them that's what I should have said but I just went on this whole tangent um but yeah I encourage people to still watch watch that show I can't think of any other shows Charmine right now um but these shows are still worth watching even it, even though we highlighted the issue with the first Aunt Viv and the second Aunt Viv mm-hmm. the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air is still a show that still talked about a lot of the issues in the Black community. And despite that problematic aspect of the show, right, I still highly recommend people watch it because it, it does take you, it just take people who are outside the community through the issues of the community in a more, um, not relatable, but like visual way to where you can see them and begin to have empathy or understanding. Um, so yeah, I'm done with my tangent, um, but I just thought that that was worth That was worth mentioning and it kind of goes into this over overall overarching um kind of like talk that we had during this episode of like Mm -hmm. still being able to consume media right still being able to consume media but at the same hand being able to critique the media that we that we consume like we said media literacy we have a whole episode about it if you want to talk about it let let us know
0: Yeah. I think that's a really important point to bring up. I, um, I, okay. I just have to talk about, I love a different world. I vaguely, vaguely have remembered. I want to go back and rewatch it, but I do remember it because I like wanted to be Lisa Bunny. I love her so much. Um, and now she's married to Aquaman who I love so much so I <laughs> mean like I just need to be Lisa I like, just, she- <laughs> I love her so much uh I just yeah like I just she was always everything I wanted to be and I related to Denise's character so much on the Cosby show but I think I think you bring up a lot of really important points and I'm speaking as a non-black person like I was just a little brown girl a little light-skinned brown girl who grew up you know in the 90s in America who was trying to figure out my existence and you know I wrote this whole piece for 9-11 which I did not post but I will like not even going into that but it's just like the way that our existence in America and by our I mean like people of color's existence in America has been portrayed through the media is so like effed up for lack of better words and we just try to find representation where we can and I do think it's important to separate the art from the artist I don't think it has an easy answer like I think it's I mean like and, and we're not like we're not condoning like what what Cosby did like we're not saying that what he did was acceptable by any means but it's like I also think about all those other people that worked on those shows that Mm -hmm. like get royalties from the replays whose careers like he helped Mm -hmm. you know who obviously didn't know what he was doing who didn't help him with what he was doing who were just trying to make it and I just I think it is so important to think about hollywood as an industry and like to think about media as an industry and to think about it in terms of like who is in power this goes back to what you were saying about like who is creating the stories like we've talked about this a lot who is writing the stories i talk about this a lot in like when i analyze shows that have muslims in it i have very like there's I, there's no show that i have ever found that has muslims or south asians or middle eastern people that i'm like i sign off on this show completely there's always going to be nuance there is always going to be things that i find like issue with obviously mm-hmm. But, and that's okay. We need that because if everybody agrees on everything, then it's not, it, it's it, just not gonna happen. We're human beings. And like, there's like Rami. Rami is a great show. It's on Hulu, it's um, about a Muslim American. I wrote a whole paper about it. I think that that show has a lot of problematic elements as well. And a lot of people, again, watch that and think that that is the essential Muslim American experience when that is one man who is an Egyptian American Muslims experience. And, Mm -hmm. you know, it's like so problematic because that's what happens with people of color. Like our experiences get like, like uh, what's like the paintbrush. Yeah. Yeah will get like washed with the same brush of like, mm-hmm. oh, that's just the black person's experience. That is just the Muslim's experience. That is the woman of color's experience. And that is so problematic. And it's like trying to break out of that is so hard. And that's why like, we just, we're trying to find the representation where we can and trying to, and, and sometimes you just, there are certain shows and characters that you like find comfort in Mm -hmm. you find like something with it's it's like memories you know so there's like a certain element of a nostalgia there Mm -hmm. so you can't just completely cut yourself off from it um but I think that's where it's important it's important to be like okay this is how I feel but this is what I think you know this is what we can learn from it and this is what we can move on so that's why we really wanted to have this conversation too and we'd love to know about your shows too like what are those shows for you if you're like you know, it's not friends. It's not whatever. Any of the shows that we discuss, we'd love to, I mean, there were so many, cause Ricky and I've had this conversation casually so many times and there's so many shows. And then as we were like starting to record for today, we couldn't remember half the shows that we've talked about. I
1: remembered one Downton Abbey. <laughs> oh,
0: if you yes, are watching Downton
1: yes. Abbey, oh, hit, so me many. Up. Yes. hit me up because I don't know what it is about that show. Like when I like, whenever I feel like it, it normally happens when I'm feeling sick. I'm like, let me, what, what can I do? I turn on Downton Abbey and yeah. I just binge it. Or when I'm feeling down, I just watch it. I know it's a problem, y'all. I ain't even in the show at all. I don't even see no representation of me, but I'm like, I could be a lady.
0: Ricky. You all know? I could think about when I watch that show, I'm with you. I am in the same boat. And all I can think about in that show when they're like 1901, I'm like, 1901. I have a, my ancestry has a direct connection to the British empire it is pure, like the vile things that like the, the look of disgust that co- look overcome my, my elder's faces when we talk about the British empire, like they directly felt the impact of that. So for me to watch this show, like I think of, I'm like, I watch a 1901. I'm like, what were my ancestors doing? And oh. not even like way back when ancestors, like, I mean, great grandparents that I can name. What mm-hmm. were they doing in 1901? Oh, they were in uh you know like british occupied south asia the mm-hmm. subcontinent of india and they were being ruled by these people mm-hmm. these unseasoned people i'm sorry girl and unseasoned, unseasoned. Katman, and i'm sorry but and no i'm seasoned. over here sitting, feeling bad for <laughs> lady edith crawley Ma'am, the cognitive dissonance I feel when I am watching that show—I'm with you. I, the cognitive, but girl, the level of the yes, yes, the level of I'm like, oh, I could do that. Oh, I could do that. Girl, all
1: it's problematic. <laughs> it's so problematic because, like, yes. between those shows, The Crown. First of all, I have to say that, like, that's another one, Newman. If you're listening to this, I know you hate when I watch him because you know he's like, these are my colonizers, and you're sitting here yes. watching this. Newman shot. gets it. <laughs> yes
0: yes yeah I'm in the same boat
1: what are you but doing I also right watch now? it I know I can't stop watching it The Crown, Downton Abbey, Victoria on PBS if you watch any of those shows hit me up because we can have some we can have some intellectual conversations about like yeah about these shows like I'd be thinking about it too I'd be like oh my little ancestors in the U.S. that y'all which on one show I think it was Victoria on one show it, it discussed like slavery. Like one of the kitchen maids or like hand, house, um, she was like a, what do they call them? A lady's maid to the Queen Victoria. She had the opportunity to become rich from because um, her ancestor like left her like some property and she was like, oh, what's the property? And it turned out to be slaves. And she was like, no. I'm gonna free them, and I was like, "Okay, y'all tried." I don't know if that actually happened, mm-hmm. I kind of doubt that it actually happened back then. But y'all tried, okay? I'm gonna give y'all a little, give y'all a little hand clap for that. But yeah, if y'all watch any of those shows, let me know. Hit me up because we can talk about it all day long. Hit us up. We can have a whole episode on *Downton Abbey*, especially
0: Lady. Oh Evie. yeah, I be feeling so yeah. bad for her. I'm like, "Wow, me you too. feeling bad for her?" Me too. <laughs> And I'm like, but she would turn around and colonize your grandmother. So don't feel bad. What's wrong with you? Like, like yes, yes. A hundred percent.
1: Oh, your cousin, husband died, girl. I feel so bad for you. But I'm like, what are you saying? What are you saying, Ricky? A cousin, husband. Okay. This episode, I feel like I'm getting... Okay. I'm
0: sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, y'all. Really, I'm sorry. We we really really- but no, but yes, Downton is a great one. I, yes, Downton, I'm with you. Oh yeah. All these, all these little period dramas that kind of relate to like Regency. We did this a little bit with Bridgerton, but you know, mm-hmm. like, you know, co- the whole cottage core aesthetic, how that mm-hmm. relates to everything. Oh yeah. If you want to hear us talk about breakdown, if you want to hear us break down Downton. We, we can, yeah. Leave a us- comment,
1: leave a comment yeah. on this Instagram post. If you want to hear us talk about all of that because I can go on and on about it and I'm just now thinking maybe I should binge Downton again but I did it this year already but there's a new movie coming out in March that somebody told me about there's Downton Abbey the movie again I was like oh we doing it again okay that's fine um but yeah if you want to talk about it leave a comment
0: hit us up Yeah. Let us know. Let us know. Share your thoughts. As always, we love to hear from you, Great Matters community. Um, Until next week, you know, we drop new episodes every Wednesday. So we hope you enjoy this and stay safe. We'll talk to you soon. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening. We appreciate your support. You can continue to show your support by giving the podcast five stars and by following us on our website, graymatterstheblog.com. That's gray with an A and on Instagram, as well as sharing and commenting on our posts on at Blog. We want to connect with our
1: gray matters community. That's you, our listeners. So if you have a comment or inquiry about customizable trainings and workshops, email us at gray matters, the blog at gmail.com. Stay safe, everyone. And we will chat with you next week.